Hello, my name is Jay Metha, and you're listening to The Voice Podcast. In the first semester of senior year, a tall, scarved, delightful man named Justin Romick emailed me about an idea he'd had relating to this podcast. It was really the first time he and I had ever interacted, and his idea got me really excited. But as with many great ideas, life sort of got in the way. We continued to to muse about it intermittently, more and more after he became my capstone advisor second semester, but neither of us had much time, so we kept pushing it back. Then, as many of you are aware, a sort of complication intervened. I found out in math class and had a bit of a... moment. The Romics are leaving Pembroke to teach at an elite boarding school in Massachusetts called Deerfield Academy. It's an incredible opportunity and I am nothing but thrilled for them. And that brings us to this podcast. This is my last podcast and I thought it would be fitting dedicated to these incredible teachers who have graced us with their presence these past four to five years. So, during a quiet reading day lull, I sat down with Mr. and Mrs. Romick to talk about Pembroke Hill, their experience, and what lies ahead. I began by asking them what exactly had brought these two sophisticated Bordeaux academics to Kansas City in the first place. Go, Justin. You you were the driving force. Yeah. Um, we were kind of coming to the end of our professional possibilities in Bordeaux. Uh, we had jobs as university teachers, but they were kind of repetitive and weren't that interesting. And so we were looking for something else. And so I applied, we both applied for jobs all over the world. Uh, we applied for jobs in Korea and Hong Kong and in England. And uh, I just looked on the Pembroke Hill website one day, saw that there was an English teaching position open and I, on a lark, sent off my resume thinking nothing would ever happen. And then Maywash uh, responded pretty much immediately after I sent it off and we started talking. And then there was like a two month candidacy process where I taught a class over Skype and they flew me over from France to teach a class. Um, And all the while, I was trying to convince Mrs. Romick that Kansas City was this wonderful place to go to, uh, and it was magical, and it was a reason to leave Bordeaux. Um, Well, what's your perspective on it? Um, So that is exactly what happened. You really sold the fact that there were so many fountains here. You were like, it's like Paris. There are fountains everywhere. It's exactly the same. It's very much like Paris. It's the same place. Um, We were, so I was not convinced, um, and we were in Sheffield, which is where I went to college, waiting to go to a job interview the next day. We were in a hotel mm-hmm. waiting to go to that job interview when you got the call offering you the job. That's right. That's so we were like still not fully like 100% committed until then and then we yeah. kind of went all in. Yeah, and it's been great. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. yeah. Kansas City is it's like Paris. Exactly it's the like same. Paris. He was right. Yeah. You are so sad to leave Kansas City. I am sad to leave Kansas City. You yeah. are correct. Yeah. We've loved Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. It just keeps getting cooler every year, every moment. It's uh, it's an interesting all those place. Movie theaters. All the cool movie theaters, the hipster coffee shops. All so many stuff. hipster coffee shops. Yeah. Yes. It just increases. It's better. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then what exactly has led them to leave? Basically, you know, we thought that it might be an interesting way to spend the next four or five years or maybe longer uh, in a place where school is is happening kind of all the time. Um, you, everyone who's a part of Pembroke, realizes that your day doesn't end at 3.30. It doesn't begin at 8 o'clock. You're, the school sort of takes up your life anyway. Um, and so we don't have much time for anything else during the school year and we thought we might as well get the benefit of a boarding school experience if some of our scheduling does look like boarding school time and so you know we like being around kids we, we always sign up for grots and we do the world affairs challenge and you know I coach tennis so those moments where you're hanging around with kids in a less formal way have been some of my most fulfilling uh, experiences here and I think that that at a boarding school, um, there'll be more opportunities for that. Now, there's good and bads about that. There'll be times where, obviously, the kids don't want to do that, or I don't want to do that, um, and you have to, because uh, you're all in it together. But, you know, I thought it would be an interesting way. Um, and it's and it's an amazing school, you know. It's been a school since 1797. Uh, it's historic. It's prestigious. It has all of these things going for it. And I thought, you know, this might be a good time to, to make a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to see what we can do in a place where people are all in, where it's kind of, um, you're encouraged to do all these different things, like professionally and personally, um, just kind of, yeah, yeah. Just the possibilities. Plus, location-wise, that was how he uh, really sold it to me, as like a halfway point between here and England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is, it is. Yeah. Exactly. That was <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, fear is obviously a natural and healthy biological response to anything uh, when it comes to a big life-changing decision and obviously it is no reason not to do something in fact it may be a reason to do something Uh, but I did want to know if they were experiencing a great deal of fear going into this new chapter of their lives yes we have like it's nice to be around students all the time but like we're basically gonna live with them that's a lot um yeah, essentially the way that our housing will work on the first in the first couple years especially is that there'll be our apartment, which will be like a nice two or three bedroom apartment, and then we'll have an office. Uh, and so our apartment will go to the door of our office. There'll be also another door in that office that goes out onto a floor of dorm rooms with 11 or 12 sophomore boys living on it. Um, and so that's going to be our life uh, for, for a little while. And yeah, it's going to be a big adjustment. But, you know, again, when you talk about fear, like we really tried to ignore fear as much as we could mm-hmm. in making a big decision because fear sort of keeps you static. It doesn't make you move. It, it keeps you in one place. And I don't know, the, the best decisions I think I've ever made have been ones that... That's scary. Yeah, yeah. And, and you overcome that. Yeah. I am. I am a little scared. Like, okay, not being dictated by fear, but still, as we just talked about, I'm not very good at not doing things and I'm not going to have like a job like this for a year um, yeah. and so that is slightly scary it is scary mm-hmm. so that brings me to that idea that Mr. Omic and I had talked about last uh, last year now I try to limit the amount that I talk on these podcasts and leave it up to those who I interview. So I asked Mr. Romick to sort of explain his idea as he explained it to me last October. Well, I was hoping that we could create something here uh, that helps students 
when they're when they're lost and their teachers aren't accessible, right? So, you know, 11 o'clock at night, you're writing a paper and you're just completely confused about what the expectations of your teacher are. Mm -hmm. And so you're stuck and you just feel like you're working, but you're doing all the wrong things. It would be nice to have a website or to go back to a, a podcast and just listen to a teacher's philosophy about paper writing that, that you could go to and just to reassure you. I mean, it, it less of being something that helped the mechanics of writing. It could just be something that helped the the emotional anxiety that goes mm -hmm. into writing and, and to just clear the expectations because I think that uh, a lot of times students get, get really worked up about not knowing what each teacher, like what each teacher wants. Right, right? That's what we hear yeah. all the time. Although, you know, we always, as a department, we're like, no, that's not true at all. We all want the same thing. We're, <laughs> so we're exactly the same. Um, you know, you hear every year, like, well, you want something different to this teacher. And so the, yeah. I think mm -hmm. the idea is that we would each record a thing that basically said, this is kind of what we're looking for. philosophy. Yeah, and I think it's a good idea. I mean, I do think that um, nowadays, teaching and education are just evolving and the more online resources that are available to kids, the better. The online world is a mess, uh, and if if you know Pembroke or a school like Pembroke were to aggregate information specific to the English department or to the science department or to the math department, and just have this sort of compendium of resources available for kids uh, when they're working outside of class, I think that it would make people's lives easier. It had, the content would have to be really good and curate, curated really well, but I do think it would be a, a great tool, and I just wish that we would have had more time to, to sort of develop it and put it yeah. together, but. Amen. The idea really got me excited. We had thought about pairing up English teachers and having them interview each other about their teaching philosophy and the way they approach literature and then having crowdsource anonymous questions from the student body. And it was really, really a cool thought. And I hope that if somebody listens to this podcast in a few years by chance somehow and likes the idea and wants to implement it, that they do so. However, since I cannot guarantee that... Um, this is actually one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast with the Remix, is that I thought we would maybe get a little bit of their advice distilled in this um, this podcast as they had envisioned for everybody um, before that they, they head off for their new adventure. So I asked the Romix um, each to give me some advice, um, advice for a future teacher or advice for students in general. First, Mrs. Romick. Okay, for the teacher who comes in, I'll do mm -hmm. first, is just embrace it. Embrace it all. Like, if you don't lead into this and if you try and resist all the good and bad that comes along, then you get overwhelmed. But you can be swept away by so many fantastic things about this place. Like, if students come to you, like, okay, you do have to know when to say no, I guess, also. But if students come to you with a great idea, then just go with it. That's, those are the most rewarding things, right? probably at the point where you were like, hey, for my capstone, what I'm thinking is I'm going to be all, con you know, and then someone was like, yes, that's great. Let's do this. Yeah. A few people, in fact, right, Jay Watt and, mm -hmm. and everyone. So those are where the most rewarding things come from. And then can I just tell people to read all the time? <laughs> just read all the time. It's the best thing ever. Mr. Romick, no surprise. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Our best writers are the people who read all the time. And the easiest way to get through English is to is to be a good reader. And um, that just means making time for it and, and being intentional about it. I, I know that a lot of uh, students will put reading as like the last thing that they do in their homework priority list. And it'll be them reading right before they go to bed or, or you know, you have to be super intentional. You know, I, 
You need natural light. You need to be sitting upright. You need uh, you need to be listening to word, wordless music. Um, something, just some way to get you zoned in so that you're really, really focusing on what you're doing. Um, and then like all the other things come as a result of that. You understand sentence structures by being exposed to beautiful sentence structures all over the place. You learn new words, you learn new ideas, you learn so much. It's it's just such a head start. So the kids who come as freshmen and are good at English just like that are kids who have read their whole lives. And it's it's a skill that anyone can practice. You can build that muscle. Um, and it, uh, it needs to be strong by the time you get to college because uh, people aren't, aren't going to stop asking you to read things and, and be able to synthesize information yeah. out of it. So. so with my head full of new ideas and uh, distilled wisdom from these two really wonderful, talented, uh, incredible educators, I asked a question that I am really sad I had to ask so soon after I had met them this year. I asked them if they had any parting thoughts. It's been a joy. Like, it's been really good. Like, we've loved being at Pembroke. We've, like, you guys, students, have made it. And our department, you know, we love the English department. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a pretty wonderful experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope the thing that stays the same about this school um, long after we're gone and it was like it long before we arrived is that uh, you have the, the capacity to be around excellence all the time if you look for it and and people pursue it relentlessly and I think that it's the it really has been for me the best part about working here watching amazing kids do amazing things day in and day out anytime I'm feeling sad about the state of the world I'll just go back to Milan's capstone or think about the incredible things um, that Colleen was able to pull off uh, with the World Affairs Challenge team or your capstone um, and that is something that's, that's special and rare. I, I don't think anyone uh, acknowledges how rare it is to have people just really pushing themselves to do as much good work as they can and it's rewarding for everyone involved and, and I want it to, you know, I think it marks this place and I hope it always does mark this place. So I'll leave you with this. Uh, so earlier, Mrs. Romick had mentioned that Mr. Romick was the driving force behind taking them to Pembroke. And, well, he's also the driving force taking them to Deerfield. So, the Romick's mentioned a bit of a new rule that I thought I would pass on to you. Uh, one thing that, you, that should be stated is I'm no longer to make, allowed to make any big life-changing t- decisions mm. for the both of us. Um, he has used up all of his tokens. Yeah, uh, so uh, if, if Mrs. Romick likes... Deerfield, then we have to stay at Deerfield forever. Um, but if I want to move to like a remote island in the Caribbean or something, I, I have to say he yes. Has to come. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not allowed. Thank you to the Romics for sitting down with me to do this podcast, for their positive and potent influence on Pembroke Hill, and for the lessons they have taught so many of us. Thank you to Spencer Thutt for creating this podcast and handing it off to an overeager freshman me. Thank you to all the people who have supported this podcast since I took over and to The Voice for its unbreakable patience. Thank you to the Free Music Archive for providing the music for this podcast. And, as always, thank you for listening.
Yeah, I'm going to talk just at this voice. Is that yeah. a normal yeah, register I'll, for me? Yes, it is a normal register for you. You sounded really quiet, though. Well, you're talking quite loudly. Well, because I'm like, I'm unnaturally further, loudly. I'm further away from the microphone than you are. Okay, you're a ridiculous person. 